Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning and welcome to Stevens Creek Church. We're so glad that you're here today. I'd like to welcome all those at our South Campus. I'd like to welcome those in our Grovetown Campus and all those watching online and on demand. It's a great day to be at the Creek today. We're honoring our graduates. There's going to be 36 graduates over three campuses, and we're just proud, so proud of them. By the way, did you hear about the, the graduate that was valedictorian uh, for his class? And right after graduation, he went to work for Kentucky Fried Chicken. A few days after that, one of the professors walked in and says, what are you doing here? I mean, you're a valedictorian of the class. He said, well, this was always on my bucket list. It'll catch on for some of you a little bit later. Today, we're concluding our series called Life's Biggest Questions with this question, how does God speak? And specifically, how does God speak to you? I think all of us wrestle with this question at various times during our lives. And maybe we're trying to figure out um, where we should go, what kind of career we should have, maybe who we should date or marry or so forth. We're saying, God, would you please show me the way? God, would you speak to me? I've, I've prayed that prayer over and over through many seasons in my life. Because I want to hear. I want to know what God, I want to live in the center of God's will. And I believe you're just like me in that regards too. Today, we want to focus on a story from the Old Testament. It's a story about a young uh, student worker in the temple named Samuel. Now, Samuel dedicated his life to the Lord. But like most student workers, Samuel uh, was inexperienced. He was just learning the ropes. He started this internship during a very difficult time, during a difficult season. In fact, it was a dark season, a dark season in which they really had not heard a word from the Lord. We pick up the story in 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verses 1 and following. And honestly, we're going to stay in this chapter uh, for most of the message and just look at it verse by verse. So the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli, and in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. The word of the Lord was rare, and there were not very many visions. And that's an interesting thing, that the word of the Lord was rare. It, they were living in a culture of neglect. They had neglected God's word. They had neglected God's house. And uh, it's really, whether to trust him or not was debatable. Well, next verse, one night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Now, this verse speaks practically about the time of day, but there is a spiritual message even behind these practical words. 
Oftentimes throughout scripture, you'll see double meanings to scriptures. They'll deal with something uh, very practical that took place during Bible times, but it's like those same words will speak to us in a contemporary modern way. And so we see that in this particular verse. It talks about the spiritual condition of the people. And it's interesting that the lamp was not quite gone out yet. It was low, it was dark, but it was not so far gone. Maybe that speaks to you that you've come in here and you feel like, you know, I'm, I'm just too far away. I've just done too many bad things. I'm just too dark. And I would say, no, you're not. You're in the right place and God has ordered your footsteps to this point so that you can hear and to understand that God loves you and has a plan for his life, your life. Now, it says it was near the ark of God. Now, very practically, the ark is not referring to Noah and the big boat, okay? The ark, in this case, if you're in a contemporary uh, uh, picture of it, it would be like Raiders of the Lost Ark. Harrison Ford and Raiders of the Lost Ark, they were looking at the ark in those days was a box, now, in this box, there was the, uh, the stone tablets of the Ten Commandments. In addition to that, it was Aaron's rod that budded, and also they had manna uh, as an, an example, uh, a portion of manna there. But what this box represented to them was the presence of the Lord. We live in a day where the Holy Spirit has been poured out and the presence of God uh, lives inside of us. But back in those days, the presence of God lived in the Ark of the Covenant. And so the Ark represented the physical presence. Next verse. Then the Lord called Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel answered, here I am. Now, it's interesting to me that when God spoke, God called him by name. He said, Samuel, God knows your name. You're not just a number. You're not just a part of this universe. You're not just this human person. You're a real person, and God knows you by name. God called him Samuel, Samuel. But the problem is Samuel heard the voice, but Samuel did not recognize this voice. He didn't understand that this was the voice of the Lord speaking to him. How about you? Would you recognize it if God prompted you, if God spoke to you? Samuel was around the presence of God. He was around the things of God. He, he lived in the temple, but yet he didn't recognize the voice of God. He thought the voice that was speaking to him was the voice of Eli the priest. Verse 5 so he ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called. But Eli said, I didn't call. I want you to go and lie down. So he went and lay down. I love that part that it said Eli ran. This implies to me, I mean, excuse me, Samuel ran to Eli. This implies to me that Samuel was quick to respond to the call. He was quick. He didn't recognize the voice 
but he made an effort to respond quickly. I believe that if we'll just make the effort, that if you'll make the effort, that you'll do something. You may not recognize the voice of God. You may not understand where you, you need to be going, but if you're willing to respond quickly, you have a better choice of putting yourself in position to hear what God is speaking to you. Eli ran. And the Lord, excuse me, Samuel ran to Eli. Next verse. And again, uh, and Eli told him to go lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. My My son, Eli, said, I didn't call you. Go lie down. Now, verse 7 says, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not been revealed to him. So here we see that the Lord called Samuel a third time. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. And then Eli recognized that it was the Lord calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, I want you to go lie down, and if he calls, say these words. Say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in the place, and notice this. The Lord came, the Lord came and stood there calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. Notice the verse 10. It said the Lord came and stood there. With each call, God was getting closer and closer to Samuel. With each call, God is calling. God is not giving up on Samuel. And Samuel responded. Now, the big idea for today's talk is simply this. God always speaks loud enough for a willing ear to hear. God always speaks loud enough for a willing ear to hear. So if you're willing, if you're at a, will put yourself in a position to say, God, I'm willing. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll go where you want me to go. God, I just need you to speak to me. Over the next few minutes, I want to talk about five ways that I believe that God speaks to us. Here we see in Samuel's story, God spoke in an audible way. But I think that is just one way. There are many ways God chooses to speak to us. Here's the very first one. God speaks through his word, the Bible. God speaks through his word, the Bible. I believe that every time you pick up the Bible, you are placing yourself in a position to hear God speak to you or to hear a word from the Lord. And so I realize that for so many people, the Bible is a very intimidating book. And so the very first thing that I want you to do when you consider reading the Bible is finding a version of the Bible that is easy to understand. I grew up reading a Bible that was written in the King's English. And I'll tell you, I would scratch my head because I really didn't understand that translation from 1611. And so what I learned eventually is that there are other translations of the Bible. 
And so I just want to encourage you, find uh, a translation that you can understand. I typically preach from the New International Version of the Bible. But oftentimes at home, I'll read from the NLT, the New Living Translation. It seems to be more modern, and it seems to really speak in today's vernacular. And so I want to encourage you, just find a version of the Bible. You can go to StevensCreekChurch.com, click on the one-year Bible tab, and you can go, and there are several different options of translations for you. Just read the Bible. You're putting yourself in a position uh, to hear from God. Now, as you read the Bible, I, I want you to think about this. I want you to understand that God is going to use these words to direct you. In fact, Psalm chapter 119 said, your word is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. It's going to provide direction for you in your life. So you're going to read the Bible. And as you read that, you're looking for direction. I want you to do a look at several things. First of all, you're reading the Bible. I want you to look for those things that are emphasized. Okay, look for those things that are emphasized. For instance, let's say you're reading the book of Matthew. In Matthew, I think there's 1,062 verses. Do you realize that one-third of those verses, over 300 of those verses, focus on the speeches of Jesus, the speeches that Jesus gave? In the, uh, when I grew up, they, those were looked at as the red-letter uh, words of Jesus, and you wanted to read the red letter words, but one third. So that means that one third of the verses in Matthew are emphasized. So make note of that. Look for a stated purpose of a book. For instance, if you're reading the book of Acts, understand that Acts gives you a chronological history of the early church, starting with the day of Pentecost when the church was born, and you see the movement of God's spirit throughout the region. So just understand there's a purpose for that. The book of Revelation is, gives you, uh, a, the purpose of that is to show you the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's not the book of Revelations with an S, just a side note. It's one revelation of Jesus. There's only one way uh, to God, and that is through Jesus Christ, the revelation of Jesus. So look for those things. Uh, look for the purpose. I want you to look for those things that are repeated. If something is repeated over and over, make a mental note of that. Okay, I think I've read this before. I think I've heard this before. And where have I heard that? For instance, the, the life of Jesus is repeated. That story is told in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's, it's told four different times to four different audience. Look for things, those things that are repeated. Look for those things that are somewhat related. Here's an example of something that's related. In the Old Testament, uh, Abraham had a son named Isaac and went up on the mountain to sacrifice his son to the Lord. And God said, wait a minute. And God provided a lamb for the sacrifice. What does that sound like? Well, in the New Testament, God sent his son up on the mount and sacrificed his son Jesus on the cross. So those two stories are related. So you start to put that together. So look for things that are uh, related. Look for things that are alike. Look at things that are different. Look for things that can be applied to your life. I believe that the word of God is alive and it speaks to us. So we just need to put ourselves in a position to receive God's word. 
So we're talking about how God speaks. Here's the second thing. God speaks through prayer. Now, prayer is simply a conversation with, with the Lord. Jesus taught his disciples the importance of prayer. He taught them how to pray. In fact, he even went deeper than that. He taught them how to pray in the Lord's Prayer, and that is one prayer that I pray on a regular basis. But Jesus went a little bit deeper. He said, I want you to pray secretly. I want you to pray sincerely, and I want you to pray specifically. In Matthew chapter 6, he says, when you pray, I want you to go into your room. I want you to close your door. I want you to pray to your heavenly Father who is unseen. Then your Father who is unseen will reward you openly. So he said, I want you to go to your room. Why would he uh, say go to your room? Because it's easy to get distracted when you pray. I am telling you, and, uh, I can be distract, distracted by a voice or by, by somebody talking, by somebody playing music. I can be distracted by the UPS man. And it seems like anything like that, I, it can cause my mind to wander and keep me from really doing what I'm there to do. And, and oftentimes, I'll, I'll start, to pray, start to pray and I'll think about Okay, I'll do my grocery list. I've got to, we've got to get some milk, and we're definitely out of cookie quarry ice cream. And I went to Publix last night, and they're sold out. And Patty said, Marty, it is your fault they're sold out because you told everybody about that, and now they bought it all out. That is a true story that happened last night. So it ended up a chocolate with fudge last night. And so, but I'll get these lists going on. And so what I have done with that, I, I typically put a note uh, pad there and with a pen. And when I have these things, those things I've got to do, I'll just write them down. And if I write them down and put them aside, I can just uh, cause that distraction to go away. And so just be practical about that. Go to a private place and pray. I'm just trying to encourage you to avoid the distractions. We, next verse, it says, and when you pray, don't keep on babbling like the pagans. For they think that they'll be heard because of their many words. Jesus is saying, I want you to be sincere and genuine in the words that you use in your prayers. He refers to the, the pagans there. And the pagans had this practice. They thought if they could say words over and over and over, uh, that somehow it would ignite the forces of the universe to come and bring answers to their needs. Jesus said, don't. Don't do that. Don't keep babbling over and over saying the same thing. I want prayer to be something that is sincere, something that comes out of your heart, something that is genuine. And then finally, tell God what you need. I love the words of Philippians chapter four when it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Notice these words, tell God what you need. Just be specific. Now, I can appreciate general prayers. God bless my family. God bless my church. God bless America. Okay, I can appreciate general types of prayer. But I want to encourage you to move from praying general prayers to praying specific prayers. I think when we start praying specific prayers, we're giving an opportunity for faith to grow in our hearts. 
So we start to pray, God, I pray, and you just name that need. And you're putting yourself in a position to hear God speak. Because God, the prayer is not only talking to God, but prayer is also listening to God. I want you to listen to those promptings. I want you to listen to those leadings, those ideas that come out of that time. Here's the third thing. I think God speaks uh, through the Bible and prayer. And granted, all of you said, check, check, I got that. I understood. That's nothing new. I expected you to say that. Well, here's uh, the third thing. God speaks through supernatural events. And I realize some of you are going to check out right now. Oh, Marty, uh, you know, maybe God does the supernatural stuff in your life, but, you know, I'm just a normal person. God doesn't do supernatural things in my life. Well, in our story today, we see that Samuel dedicated his life to the Lord. I believe if we had that kind of a heart, doesn't mean that you're going to be in vocational ministry It means that you're going to dedicate your life. If you're a school teacher, you're dedicating your classroom. Uh, You're dedicating your cubicle at work. You're dedicating the fields that you work in. When you do that, I think it, it puts you in a place where you understand that your work becomes a part of your worship. That you understand that God has created you and gifted you and and blessed you. But there are times in that natural world that you're living that God will break in that natural world with a supernatural touch, a supernatural occurrence. It may not be an audible voice, but it may, God may give you a dream. God may give you a vision or God may give you just a supernatural event. Here's an example. I'll give you two examples. First example is, uh, New Year's Day 2007, I'm sitting in a Lazy Boy watching the football games, and I had this, uh, you know what, we need a teaching pastor at Stevens Creek, and I pull up my laptop, and I I put an ad on churchstaffing.com for a teaching pastor. Well, on that same day, there's a young man that was in Atlanta for a church conference. This man was from Lexington, Kentucky. He had some extra time in the afternoon, so at that moment, he opens up his laptop and sees the ad. But like most people would respond and just send a resume, he said, you know what, I'm going to drive to Augusta. So the next day, he drove to Augusta with his wife, and they came to our Wednesday night service, and after service, he said, Hello, I'm Dave Willis. This is my wife, Ashley. And we saw your ad on churchstaffing.com, and you're going to receive a lot of resumes for this position. And next week, I'm going to send my resume. And I just wanted you to put a face with a resume. And I said, you're from Lexington, Kentucky, and you're here? (laughs) I couldn't get over the fact that he drove uh, to do this. And he said, yeah. The interesting thing when you look at the details of the story is that Dave was not supposed to be at that conference. But somehow, he is at that conference and then has that moment and just within driving distance to this place and look, in a matter of four days, he met with the elders, boom, he was hired on that Sunday. 
It was a supernatural event, how God orchestrated that, how he was not supposed to be there, but all of a sudden he is there. The door opened. Some of you have experienced things like that. You are not supposed to be in this place, but yet you're there, and God does something supernatural in that. And I realize you are saying, well, it's just a coincidence. I believe that God works behind the scenes to accomplish his will in your life, and God uses these to speak to you. Strange thing happened this week uh, to Patty and me. We were in Waco, Texas on Tuesday, and we were uh, having breakfast at the Magnolia Table restaurant there. Now, we were waiting for a seat um, at the restaurant, and we saw this, this guy walk across um, in front of us. He's on the phone, and Patty looked at me and said, that looks like the guy uh, we just hired a few weeks ago uh, from Dallas. And she had never met this person that she had hired. They're looking to do... Uh, sales rep in Dallas. And so, um, but she goes on to say, but he looks too young. Well, he is on the phone, happens to be on the phone uh, with uh, her office during a staff meeting. And Drew right over there said, what are you doing in Waco? He said, well, I had to get my vehicle repaired. And he's from Dallas. He drove down to Waco And he said, you know, you need to check uh, with Marty and Patty. I think they're in Waco today. He turns around and Patty is standing right there and says, hello. And it was the strangest thing, the strangest thing of our week that a person that she's seen on Zoom before but never seen face-to-face, and now we're standing face-to-face and he is on the phone with our son-in-law. I walked away. I said, Patty, that was a divine appointment. There are times in your life where God does supernatural things just through opening doors and closing doors to order your footsteps so that you would be in the right place at the right time because God has a word for you. Amen. I want you to be able to be aware enough to receive that and to understand what you thought was a coincidence was really the hand of God doing a supernatural work in your life. God speaks through supernatural events. I think the fourth thing, God speaks through a sudden change of circumstances. There are times in your life when God opens a door, and there are times in your life when God closes a door. He closes the door. And you didn't see it coming. You don't understand why that happened. But we hold on to the Proverbs 16 that says, In his heart a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. The Lord determines your steps. So many times we convince ourselves that we are calling our shots, calling our shots. We're doing this. But you've got to understand, God is, if you're submitted to him, God is determining your steps. God is opening the doors. God is moving you into the place where he wants you to be. 1986, uh, in October 1986, Patty and I were at a place in our lives where we were disillusioned. We were disillusioned with our job. Um, 
with church and ministry and all of this. And I came to a place where I said, I just don't want to do this. I want to give my life to, to something different than that. And I decided um, that I would do a PhD in medical ethics. And so in those days, there were two places uh, that offered PhDs in medical ethics. One was Baylor University in Waco, Texas, and one was Knoxville, Tennessee, at the University of Tennessee. And so this week, as we're in, in Waco, we're just thinking about how our lives could have been different if, if we had walked down that path. But in 1986, October, we drove from uh, Augusta, Georgia, to Waco. Uh, thank the Lord, now we can fly. Uh, but we drove there to meet with this, uh, this committee. And we're just trying to find it. And then a few weeks later, we drove to Knoxville to meet with the PhD committee there. After those two meetings, I committed, we committed ourselves to prayer and said, God, would you lead us? Would you speak to us? God, would you speak to us? And God started to put a burden in my heart to start a church. Now, God didn't tell me where I was going to start a church. He said, just get prepared. Just read everything you can read, do everything you can do, talk to people, figure out how you do that, okay? And so uh, we put our house on uh, for sale in Montclair. Um, it was up for sale for nine months, didn't sell. And we're just kind of working through this process. We didn't know where God wanted us to start. So we just said, okay, we like Knoxville. We're going to start a church in Knoxville. So we started going up to Knoxville. And uh, something happened. Something happened. A sudden change of circumstances happened. You want me to tell you what that was? I got fired. I got fired uh, from my job, and there was a sudden change of circumstances. Some of you know how sudden that feels. You thought you were headed down one way, and, and, and you may have had dreams, and you, you, you may say, man, I can't wait till I can quit. You know, that's one thing to say that, but then it said, well, you just need to go and don't let the door hit you on the way out. That type, you know, those are two different, the same event, but two different approaches to it. We had the other. So we were kind of like devastated, angry and all that kind of stuff. And we said, okay, okay, uh, this is God's opportunity for us to go. And there was a sudden change of um, circumstances and at that point, the administrative bishop got involved in this whole uh, fiasco. And the administrative bishop said, Marty, I want you to go to Annapolis, Maryland. There's a church waiting for you there. And it's, a, uh, it's resourced. You don't have to worry about raising money. It's, it's taken care of. You'll be taken care of. And so we said, we've never been to Maryland before, uh, Annapolis. And so we got in our car uh, and we got on I-20, so we at least want to go look at it. We drive over the Savannah River Bridge. There was a truck in front of us, and on the back of that truck was a small metal box. It wasn't big at all. It was a small metal box. As we're going over the bridge, that metal box fell off of that truck. I could not uh, swerve quick enough. I ran over that metal box, it uh, punctured my radiator. We had to have the, the car towed um, uh, to the shop to have it repaired. And at that moment, it was like the Lord said, I am not calling you to go to Maryland. And then I'm not calling you to go uh, 
to Tennessee. I'm calling you to start a church in Augusta. Could it be that that roadblock that you're wrestling with, could it be that circumstance, that metal box in your road, could it be that that is God speaking to you? Don't ignore that. And I want you to understand that God never wastes a pain and God never wastes a problem, but he will use those pains and those problems for your good and his glory. Here's the fifth and final one. God speaks to you through wise counsel and good uh, and common sense. I would say good old common sense, wise counsel and common sense. I love the story of Paul and Silas in in Acts chapter 16. It says, after Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia. Notice this word, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. I love the word concluding here. It means to take all the facts and to arrive at a logical conclusion. It means to discuss it among yourselves, to look at alternatives, to figure out the best way to go, and then come to a conclusion. I envision at that moment that Paul and Silas and Timothy talked about where they wanted to go. They talked about the open door. They talked about their abilities. They talked about the the vision for Macedonia. They talked about all of that, and then they concluded, hey, this seems like a good idea. They used good common sense in the process. I believe that God speaks to you through wise counsel and good common sense. Don't ignore that. Even Isaiah said, come let us reason together. Use those talents and abilities and and that common sense God has given you. He's speaking that way. After Paul had seen the vision, he said, we got ready to leave at once. God is speaking to you, and I believe that he will often speak through the five ways that I've talked about. But another way he speaks is just he gives you a sense of peace. I don't know what's really in the future, but I just sense God giving me peace about that. As You may not need this message today, but one day you're going to need it. And one day you're going to need to look back at this service on our website and you need to go through this. But as you're trying to figure out, as you're trying to hear God's voice, I want you to ask yourself uh, seven questions. Okay, you've got this problem, you've got this opportunity, you've got this circumstance, you've got this thing, you've got this career, you're trying to figure out, should you date this person, should you move this place, whatever that thing is, okay? Should I get this treatment or that treatment, whatever that thing is, okay? And you're bringing it to the Lord, say, God, speak to me. Ask yourself these seven questions and Uh, They should be written on the insert that you received when you walked into the auditorium, if you received one. First of all, am I open to whatever the Lord wants? Am I open? 
Are you open to what God wants? Have I studied the position, the issue from every possible angle? Have I studied about it? Have I studied uh, from every possible angle? You know, we went through uh, several months studying about how to start a church, not knowing where it was going to be. But we did what we could do. Have, I, have you studied the issue from every possible angle? Have I sought wise counsel? Have you actually talked to somebody who has been where you want to go? There are people who have been where you want to go. I want you to carve out time and I want you to talk to them. And if you can, talk to them face to face. You need some wise counsel in this. Do the circumstances, number four, do the circumstances point you in one particular direction? Are all the circumstances lining up and they're pointing you and and they're saying go here, but for whatever reason, you're going over here. I want you to step back and say, okay, let me look at everything that's developing here. Is God working behind the scenes in these circumstances? Good possibility. Are the circumstances pointing to some direction, particular direction? Number five, is there supernatural guidance that I should consider? Has the Lord spoke to you, this prompting? Has, have you heard something in a message? Maybe there's something in today's message that really resonated with you. Maybe, have you listened to a podcast? Have you, uh, somebody just uh, uh, met with you and, and given you a word? Have you driven or, or gone a thousand miles and you're waiting at a restaurant for a person you've never met before to show up? I mean, just, is there anything supernatural pointing to you? Are you, am I willing to take the next step, whatever it is? Are you willing? And here's the final one. Am I willing to do God's will without regard of the consequences? God, I am yours. I give you my life. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. Are we willing to go to do God's will without regard to the consequences? I want to pray over you. And I'm just believing God's going to speak to you right in our Grovetown campus this morning, in our South campus. Maybe you're watching at home or on demand. This is your day. And we're going to call on the name of the Lord and we're going to ask him. Here's what I'm going to do. I want you to stand in this auditorium, stand in our Grovetown Auditorium South Campus. I'm going to pray over you. And then I'm going to turn the campuses over to their campus pastors, to Pastor Branton and Pastor Steve. So I want you at this moment just to be at a point that you're willing to receive what God has for you, okay? That you're willing to receive what God has for you. You ready? Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray over our congregation today. I pray over the people today that they're in uh, the valley of a decision. I pray, God, that you would bring clarity. I pray, God, that you would bring insight. I pray, God, very sincerely that you would open the doors that you would have them walk through. 
and clearly close the door that they're to stay away from. Father, I pray that you would make it uh, to the point where we see your hand evidently. We just see your hand at work. So come, Lord, accomplish your task. I pray not only for people who are trying to figure out if they should move or if they should stay, if they should uh, stay at a job or get a new job, or if they should date this person or that person. God, you know what they need. Do your work. Father, I feel prompted right now to pray for those individuals who are sick in their body. I pray in the name of Jesus for those of you that are sick. I want you to just put your hand up right now if you're, if you're not feeling well. Just put your hand up across this auditorium, across our campuses. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray over the individuals right now that are not feeling well, they're sick, or maybe they're standing in the gap for somebody else that is not feeling well. I pray in the name of Jesus that healing would flow throughout our congregation, that the power of Jesus would rest upon us to make us feel better, to strengthen our bodies, to heal those individuals that we're close to. God, we receive what you have for us. God, we thank you in advance for what you're doing. Have your way in our lives. Now, I want you to just say this. Say, God, I receive. Say that, God, I receive what you have for me. Say that again. Say, God, I receive what you have for me. I pray this in the strong name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen, and amen. God bless you. I want you to receive the word of the Lord today and let it resonate in you. Be blessed. Have a great week. See you soon. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to stevenscreekchurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.